Yeah. I don't really know. Do you want like another story of like mine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you could talk a little bit about. Um... Should I talk that tampon story? That tampon story is really funny, actually. To me. What is it? When I had sex, when I had sex and I thought I had a tampon in, but I actually didn't. And then I went to the hospital. Well, I was at my parents' house and I was like, didn't I have my period? And I was like, oh my God. Okay, I was like at my parents' house and I was like, oh my God. And I went to the bathroom and then I was like, did I have sex with someone last night? Oh, so bad. But then I was like, oh my God. I did. No, I was like, I did. But like, did I ever take out my tampon? Because at this time, I like really started to wear tampons. I never really did. So I was really aware that I was wearing a tampon or something, whatever. And then it really, really freaked me out. And I was with my parents and then I was in the bathroom and I literally barged out of the bathroom being like, dad, I have to go now. I'm going to take the train. I have to go. I have to go to the hospital. And like, weirdly, my dad, like I actually, this is probably the reason why I remember this memory because he took it. He like the way he handled the situation was like so weird, but he was like, Okay, I'm really proud of you that you know that you have something wrong with you and you're gonna go to the hospital. I swear. And I was like, okay. And so I took the train. I swear that happened because I took the train by myself back to the city and I was like with my friend Emily and I was like, oh my god. There's a damn one stuck in me and I think I'm going to die. And she was like, I'm going to hospital with you. She was like, but I'm really tired. Like, let's go in the morning. And I was like, okay, we'll go in the morning. And we woke up at like seven in the morning, went to that like hospital, like the general hospital, like Dundas and Bathurst, and then waited for actually really not that long. And then I explained my reason. I remember you go to like the woman at the front and then you're like she's like what's wrong with you or something and i was like i think i have a tampon sucking me and she's like why and i was like because i had sex last night but i really don't remember if it's like if i had it with it and she literally was like i think you would know and i was like i really don't think i know and i i think like it's in me very deeply and she was like mm, okay and like wrote down the thing and i actually saw like the papers to her where it says Patient thinks that tampon is stuck in her after intercourse. And it literally has a dot, dot, dot in the pink paper. I swear to God. To, it was just like stupid, but like she was also fucking with me too. And like, I thought it was funny after because we had it like framed in that house. Cause it was so funny. Cause it's like dot, dot, dot. I feel like I showed you. It's like a pink paper and even has Emily's name on it being like uh like person to help me. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And whatever. And so we like are waiting and then it becomes like maybe like nine o'clock or something. And we get in and it's like normal. It's like pretty clean. It's like was like a fine time, but I'm like scared because like I'm like, oh shit, I have like a tampon in me and I'm scared I'm gonna get like toxic toxic shock syndrome, which is a very scary thing. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so I go into, like, this room, and I'm in a hospital gown, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is very, very real, and I, like, wonder if I'm gonna, like, die or, um, be very, like, injured from this situation, and then 
So we're like actually waiting in this like room for a really, really long time. Um, we're in this room for a really long time. And then finally this nurse comes in and she's like so sweet. And she's like, you're going to be fine. Like, it's okay. And she's like, touch my arm. And she's like, doctor's going to be here like really, really soon. And it's a woman. So it's okay. You're going to be okay. And I'm like, that's so nice. Thank you so much. And Emily's like in the room with me. My friend Emily's in the room with me. And then, um, whatever so then the doctor comes in and she's like very fucking serious and then she and she's also young but she's really serious and she's like she's like is this your friend and i was like yes and she's like she's like what's your name and emily's like emily or something and then she's like can you like watch like step outside and like be a watch like basically being like can you like look out and emily literally looks at me with like wide eyes and she's like what the fuck and she's like okay i will and leaves this like whatever the curtain room and like is like being like a watch as if i'm like there's like fucking people coming to like kill me or something and like she comes with her clipboard beside me she's like are you okay blah, blah, blah. and like i tell her what happened she's like yes 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 i heard and she's like well Right now, there's UFT students who are learning about the pelvis currently, and they're like doing so, like whatever, some sort of fucking class. And she's like, um, "Is it okay, like, if like I bring a student in to like, like, just like learn like what's happening, and like they may like also like if I like they might like do something, but like I'll like teach them, like it's just like for the purpose of that because that's happening, whatever, blah blah. blah. But I don't even like care. I'm like trying. I'm like, I was like just like fucking get this tampon out of me. I don't give a fuck. And well, I didn't say that. I was just like, yeah, whatever. But in my head, I was like. I don't really care what you have to say, like, I've been waiting for you and you just need to, like, fucking help me. And then, um, so she goes and leaves for, like, a few seconds and then comes back. Okay, mind you, my fucking legs are on this, like, when you get a pap smear, it's like, you're, yeah, like, your legs are, my legs have been out like that this whole time, also. Um, anyway, so then she comes in and then, um, it's this boy who's, like, the fucking I keep swearing but he's like the nerdiest boy I've ever seen in my entire life he's like so skinny so so like tiny so tiny and he has like glasses and like a little bit of like after like after shadow 5pm shadow whatever it's called he's like so tiny but he's like so nervous he's so nervous and he like really like looks at my vagina my vagina like right when he comes in he's like he's like looking at it like trying to get eye contact with me and i'm like dude like you don't even look at me and it's like crazy it's just like already crazy already and this boy's like shaking he's like has these like rubber gloves on and then she's like okay chelsea like we're gonna do an ultrasound like the gel's gonna be kind of cold but we just need to see like how deep the tampon is so she's and then she's like whatever i'm gonna call him like jared and she's like okay jared okay but this guy's like um persian so like i don't remember but he's persian he was definitely persian or something no, I'm not wrong with that. He definitely was. And he had, like, glasses. Anyways, I'm just still going to call him Jared. And then she was like, or or maybe I should say, um, 
What do you call, like, people who are missing? Like, Jane Doe? So this is, like, John Doe. So I mean, I'm like, John, whatever. John is like... She's like, John, like, do you want to, like, try to do this ultrasound? Like, whatever. She's, like, teaching him. But I'm still, like, whatever, there. And then there's, like, this nurse who's, like, kind of the same age as me. Who's, like, also maybe a student. But she's, like, being very sympathetic to me. And she, like, knows how fucking awkward this is. Because I guess she knows what's going to happen. But I don't. And she's, like, looking at me with these, like, doe eyes. Being like, it's gonna be okay. And I, all I'm thinking about is, like, get this fucking tampon out of me and let me fucking go home and whatever. It's so fucked. And meanwhile, I will say, like, maybe I should say this after I'm gonna say it now. Meanwhile, this is happening. Emily's outside keeping watch, quote unquote, but she's actually, like, having an awkward situation where there's this boy across from her sitting named, like, Fox or something that she matched on, on, not Hinge, on Tinder the night before, who's, like, in an IV. Fox. Yeah, but Emily matched with him on Tinder. I knew this guy named Fox. Yeah, and like they, like she left the room, and what happened was my life was happening like that, and Emily's life, she confronted this like Tinder guy that she just matched with last night, and I guess like had such a crazy night that he was like stuck to an IV just sitting there, and they were like, oh, hi. So Emily's like talking, chatting up this like Tinder boy from last night. Even though she's supposed to like fucking keep watch or something, so that's just like interesting that like blonde, big lips. Okay, true. Well, then it's like a different person. But then like that was happening, so I thought Emily was just like bored, out of her mind, whatever. I actually wasn't really thinking about her because I was like, this is crazy. But she's doing that, and then um, the story's like so goddamn long. But the like the end of it, what happens is that like. She's like, I don't see a tampon in the ultrasound. Like, we're just going to have to, like, feel, feel inside and see what's going on. And so she asks, like, John to then practice on me. And, like, the way he, like, was so nervous and the way this, like, other nurse was, like, looking at me being like, it's going to be okay. Like, literally, it's, like, the storyline to handmaiden. Because I was like just being like tested on and I'm just like laying there and this boy's like literally fucking fisting me. He's like so deep in me and I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? And he has like eye contact with me and he's just like looking at me. But then there's like a camera here like that's like with the old chan like seeing what's going on. But he's like literally fucking fingering me for like five minutes but staring me in my eyes and I'm like I can't even feel a thing because this is just like so horrifying but I gave my consent so I guess like I allowed this to happen and I was like oh my god this guy's just fingering me and he like knew it and whatever was probably like so scared honestly that was probably like so more horrifying for him than me um and then after after that like whole long time of that not happening she's like well chelsea like you didn't have a tampon stuck in you but i can understand how you can like think that that happened because of the night that you have so that's okay but the best thing is that you don't have it stuck in you thank you and like literally fucking waves 
And Emily comes back in and she's like, did they get it out? And I'm like, yes. relaying the story being like, no. And then she's like, well, guess what? There's that guy Fox outside, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I just leave, whatever. That's literally all it is. It's maybe not that good of a story, but it's like pretty funny. I think it's funny. Like, that I got like finger. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not that good of a story. Maybe we have a better story. I'm gonna just record the fingering noises now so it's all the same track. Thank you for listening. Rosenthal. I am a screenwriter and the guy behind the account Free Movie Ideas, and I live and work in New York. Cool. And how are you doing today? Yeah, really good. Um, got some writing done this morning. Uh, gonna do some more writing this afternoon. Probably gonna make a video. Um, with uh, uh, Lauren Servideo, um, who is uh, my girl and my partner and my fiance. And, oh, wow. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And um, it's going to be really funny, we hope. Can I, well, I have two questions actually. Can I ask, like, how you proposed? Marriage. Uh, yeah, it was um, Valentine's Day, and I uh, did it first thing in the morning. Sort of just got right out of bed. Yeah, and uh, grabbed the ring and did it. Did you? Her parents were like, we were on vacation down in Miami together. Nice. Um, and her parents came down as well, and it was like the last day of their trip, but it happened to be Valentine's Day, so it all just sort of lined up perfectly. That's sick. Did you um, ask permission beforehand? I did. Yeah, the night before from her dad. Was he stoked? He was, um, but then he like had to keep it a secret, and you know, I guess he was having a a, a hard time like, not saying anything. So it, it was, I think it was also the night of the Super Bowl that I asked him, but he was he told me later that he could barely pay attention to the game. Damn, that's awesome. I like proposal stories. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I've never really been a, a big Valentine's Day guy, but everything came together. It's sort of the perfect time. And uh, now it's not Valentine's Day. It's the day I proposed. When's the uh, wedding happening? Uh, we don't know yet. Probably sometime right. next year. Cool. Do you have any pets? Uh, I do, yeah. I have a uh, yellow-sided green cheek conure who may land on my shoulder. Um, as, Is that a uh, cat? No, it's a bird. Okay. Wait, what is it called? Uh, Yellow-sided green cheek conure. Wow. Yeah, she's that sounds a, a expensive. small green bird. Um, no, um, not really. I mean, like parrots can go up like a lot in price, but she oh, was a parrot. Yeah. Um, oh, sweet. And then uh, she did 
get to be expensive the one time that she flew away and we put up a reward to get her back and we actually did get her back. Wow. Um, and we had to pay the reward. Was she far away? Yeah, she, um, it's kind of a crazy story, but she flew, um, she flew out or actually she chewed her way out of a screen, uh, door that was like the only, you know, plastic screen at the house. It was just kind of like, you know, didn't think about it because it was sort of a crisis time. We were, um, out of town and she was staying with Lauren's parents and, um, she chewed her way out, uh, while everybody was like dealing with, uh, 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 the, the worst symptoms of the covid vaccine Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh they you know didn't find her later in the bathroom and um were like freaking out once they found the tiny bird-sized hole that she had chewed her way out of um and so they put up a bunch of um missing posters and stuff all over town and this is uh in like albany schenectady um in a a town called colony Mm -hmm. um and uh, basically, um, they, you know, were super, super, super upset because we were on vacation and they didn't want to ruin our vacation, but they also didn't know what to do about the bird. And, um, one day, probably three or four days later, um, they got a phone call from somebody saying like, Hey, I think I found your bird. And then she sent over some photos and it was like, Holy shit. Um, we've, <laughs> we found the bird and what we found out that she did afterwards was um she flew uh, about two miles and landed on the head of a roofer who was working um on top of a roof yeah. and um he came down uh the ladder and asked the person whose house it was like is this your bird and they were like no um and then so he asked next door and then they were like yeah that's our bird and they just like took the bird um, oh, they just and, wanted like a free bird. Those people. Yeah, they basically just like took the bird and like they got a a little cage for it. And um, this is where the story gets kind of funny. This lady like is on the phone with her ex husband, and she's telling him like, "Hey, like we just got this new bird. Um, is there any chance like you can watch it when we go away to Disney?" Yeah. Um, and the husband was like, "Wait a sec, like what kind of bird is that?" And she described the bird and then he went right back into the supermarket and looked at the poster. And oh, like um, he had just seen the poster. He had just seen the poster and uh, looked back at the poster and like <laughs> described the bird. And it turned out that it was the bird. And um, so he told her that there was a reward. And um, we ended up, uh, you know, they, they paid the reward and got the bird back. And then, um, they told us the story uh, in a really funny way. Actually, Lauren's mom did something really funny that I'll show you um, right here. Um, our bird's name is Mabel, uh, but we also call her Chorby. So when we got back from our trip, um, Lauren's mom presented us a little book called uh, Chorby's Big Adventure. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's just this kind of like fun illustrated story about like the bird and then we get to a part where it's Wait, like she she wrote it her mom yeah okay yeah, yeah. and drew the pictures and, then we get to the, uh, and drew the pictures sweet wow it's pretty like cool. she kind of went off i guess people yeah, can't no, see this when it. they're listening but it's like looks like a really well done children's book 
Um, yeah. And then we get to the part where, you know, she gets out and we're like, oh, okay, that's like cute. And then we get to, um, you know, her adventures while she's out. And then we get to this page where, um, it's a picture of our bird Mm -hmm. um, with a woman who we don't know. Right. Right. And that was where we began to realize. Wait, I'm confused. Actually, this is, you hadn't even got the bird back yet when no, we got the bird back. Um, and, and they presented us this book. Um, and then we get to this page where we're like, you know, who is Oh, that? I'm sorry. And the people, the people that, that found your bird made this book. No, no. Lauren's parents made this book, but they okay. ended up getting a picture. Like in order to prove that this was the right bird. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. 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 Found the bird, gotcha. sent over a picture. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um, basically, uh, we got to this point in the book and we started to think about like whether this had actually happened or not. Yeah, <laughs> the story ended, and and we were sort of shocked. And then they told us like actually all of the events that had transpired. Um, but the really funny thing is that um, we were in uh, Paris at the time, and um, it's a weird coincidence. But if you can see uh, right in the background, the woman who had found the bird, or the woman who had said that the bird was hers, mm-hmm. that eventually returned the bird. Um, has taken a picture of herself with the bird in front of a poster of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. So it was like the bird had also gone to Paris. Right, right, right. With <laughs> us, even though she, you know, probably almost. What was the <laughs> size of that reward? Uh, it was like a couple hundred bucks, okay. which, you know, not well, great, that... um, but she's well, worth it. Yeah, that's like, that's not nothing. Well, I was going to say, how much would it cost to buy one of those birds? Um, I think it depends, uh, you know, if you go directly to a breeder, it's cheaper than if you go to like, um, PetSmart where they tend to jack up the prices on everything. But, um, you know, it's like, you know, anywhere from like, you know, I think PetSmart does them for like seven or 800 bucks. Oh, that's more than I was expecting. Yeah, a lot less from a breeder. Yeah. Huh. They used to make fun of me. They used to always say, they'd be like, you could take Dave out of Indiana, but you can't take the Indiana out of Dave. Because we had employees in Washington, D.C. and stuff like that. I'm like, what do you guys mean by that? And they were like, well, you're the digital cowboy. I'm like, well, what? what is a digital cowboy? And they're like, well, you're like this farm guy, cowboy guy, but you also are a software developer, that sort of stuff. And so they kept calling me the digital cowboy and then they just shortened it to DC. So it just stuck. So I just kept going from DC at that point. All right, well, uh, I guess we should get into this photo. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in order, in, in keeping with uh, the theme of uh, my work, right, um, you asked for a screenshot, um, mm-hmm. and all my free movie ideas are screenshots. Oh, yeah, um, I was going to say, like, um, like just for anyone who doesn't know the Instagram account, if you want, well, I guess you're about to do that anyway, like, give a rundown of it, what it, what it oh, actually so, is. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, while I'm screenwriting, I get ideas for other stuff that maybe I can't get to in time. 
because I think it's good to really like focus on you know one thing at a time and like one aspect um of it you know like so you could do like one you know be writing a script and be writing a treatment of something else but I wouldn't recommend like being writing on two scripts at once Mm -hmm. just like gets gets muddy and blurry for me um and so one of the ways that I you know maintain being creative when I'm doing the execution side of writing is uh by um you know generating movie ideas and giving them away for free on an Instagram account called free movie ideas. Um, and so they go into my notes app on my phone and then I screenshot them and then I post them on Instagram. And, um, sometimes people start to write them and other times, uh, oh, people wow. don't even see them cause the Instagram <laughs> algorithm doesn't favor uh, text posts like this. But, um, been doing it for four years now I have, uh, over, 2,600 ideas by now. And, um, you know, some of them have even gotten made into stuff. So that's pretty cool. And they're just, you know, meant to be fun prompts for um, anybody. And and they also work as, as, uh, movies from just ideas where like, you know, you read the idea and then you just kind of imagine what that movie might be like inside your head. And that's, um, sometimes, you know, that's what it's going to be, uh, good enough. Here's and a lot of them are like very funny. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I was just trying to like add to like the, um, <laughs> the, the, like the vibe of it are. Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of them are, are, you know, uh, uh, for comedies. But then, yeah. But then some of them are like, um. like, well, when I, when I, I only found your account recently and then, um. I kind of thought they were all like meant to be funny, but then I like started to realize that like I was only just interpreting them that way, mm-hmm. like because it's Instagram and it's kind of like a I don't know yeah. something about it is like lighthearted, right? But then like when you when you start to actually think about if this was a movie, like this is probably just like something about like right like um, movies in general, but like something that's like funny could also just be super dark too. Like a lot of them are seem like they could be really dark i was planning yeah, to they're... do this beforehand um but i was gonna like i was gonna like get you to read one or like find or just maybe i'm just gonna read a random one just to um is that all right yeah <laughs> all right or do you have like a favorite one well um what i was gonna do for my photo is oh, okay um, let's let's do that let's do that me. Okay, so um, what I've got for you today is an unreleased movie idea, which is um, kind of rare because I generally go... This is exclusive. Exclusive um, to the pod uh, at the moment. Um, And so, you know, you'll be the one to premiere this, but... um, So I'm never releasing this episode and I'm just taking this free movie idea. You know, you'd be well within your power, but at the same time, I hope you don't because they're for everybody, unless you're going to write it for yourself, in which case, I mean, it's it's fair game, but you better write it before I do. Because the reason that I uh, didn't exactly post this one um, is because I like it a lot and I'm thinking about, you know, a way to uh, maybe actually dig in. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll read you the idea and then maybe you tell me what you think. Yes. Uh, okay, so um, 
It's created June 29th, 2022 at 3.35 p.m. when my phone was probably at like 5% battery, which is sort of a running theme because I just, I don't know. I actually noticed that like scrolling through the account that your phone's dead a lot. Yeah, um, I, I, I just, it's just how it is. I, I've never, um, I don't know, cared that much about phone uh, uh, livelihood. Yeah. Um, but it's it's weird because it like stresses people out, which I think is funny. But I think it just sort of adds to like how these ideas will sort of come at any moment. And it doesn't matter if it's opportune or not. There have definitely been moments where I've like been writing an idea and suddenly it's died and moments where I've been trying to post an idea and suddenly it's died. And um, luckily, I don't think I lost too much work that way. But um this one was probably at like 5% um, when it, inspiration struck. It is a meta-neo-noir wherein a tireless 1940s detective chases a psychopathic killer criminal for so long that they somehow wind up in the present day without having aged with no idea how they got there. Hmm. Okay. Wait, so does it speak in, is there a specific year or like decade where it starts out? Uh, 40s. Okay. And then they end up in now just from like yeah. playing cat and mouse. Yeah. Um, but huh. somehow, you know, they haven't aged. And um, what I really like about it is that it, you know, is a way to sort of translate the classic noir detective uh tropes to today but then explore how stuff like um crime and policing have evolved mm. um and uh uh there's you know some there's one particularly good example um of this working that i love which is this movie the long goodbye there's a long goodbye and it happens every day when some passerby invites your eye to come her way. And um, there's some theory about the movie The Long Goodbye, which is, you know, based on a uh, Raymond Chandler story. But um, the Robert Altman movie from the 70s uh, is set in the 70s and stars Elliot Gould as Philip Marlowe. But um, at the very beginning of the movie, um, he like wakes up from what appears to have been a uh, fitful slumber and um some people have interpreted it as uh being you know the the 1940s detective uh or the you know early century detective philip marlowe when the books were written um waking up in a new era and a lot of the movie has to do with his sort of incompatibility um with modern times um where you know he's he's too honest and he's too trusting and he's you know wearing a suit that doesn't exactly match the colorful um um sort of post hippie uh wardrobe and flowiness that everybody is in and um it's really really great because he's just a man who's out of his time and when he actually becomes like out of time to solve the mystery, everything really comes together. And, you know, yeah. I don't think it's that this is like exactly what they like planned for the 
uh, movie to be and it's a lot more subtle of course than my um, version of this as an idea uh, because it's more of an interpretation than an actual like, story rule um, but using it as a jumping off point um, I feel like the uh, uh, way that you take them out of the story in this sort of endless cat and mouse game um, it's almost like a, a Paul Auster type existential um, endless uh, but modern struggle between these two opposing forces would be really interesting to see set against um, the, the moment we're currently living in where I think um, you know it would be a great place to see what's changed about crime right are are people really uh, more violent um, are the reasons for getting into crime any different than they were um, during mm. the post-war period um, mm. and then I also think that there are certain elements that are uh, very much the same um, including some of the you know brutality that uh, detectives and crime fighters or alleged crime fighters will resort to in order to uh, get their man um, and also uh, how um, certain things like detective work right has yeah so i was gonna say like the internet etc right 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 like looking at a computer and being able to find somebody's address yeah, yeah um where you know maybe once upon a time they had to call like a switchboard operator to do something like that or they had to ask neighbors when people weren't registered to everything so you know there's definitely the idea of like the surveillance state uh being a question of that they have to deal with and then I like the idea of this like psychopathic killer criminal having to kind of figure out how to uh, uh, be at the top of uh, a current type of gang. And if you think about like gangs today, right, when when they were dealing with organized crime back then, it wasn't exactly or it isn't exactly a one to one um, in terms of organized crime today, which is a lot more diffuse and um, yeah, yeah. something that, um, you know, engineered in various ways and many ways um in cahoots with um the authorities in this sort of endless cat and mouse game um that you can look to like the war on drugs for an example of and that's where i like really like the the framework of this um just classic uh, uh uh good guy versus bad guy light versus dark um, almost spy versus spy element of uh, the idea um, going forward. It would be cool too if um, then like towards the end of the movie then they like go into the future also and now we're just like making stuff up about like what uh, catching criminal would be like in like the year 2050 or whatever. So, oh so yeah, like, I love that. Yeah, and then I was kind of thinking too like I could really see a movie like that ending up like not only did they like travel forward in time but then like somehow by the very end they're back where they started you know what i'm saying totally making it like cyclical like that that's that and that would definitely be in line with the sort of paul oster element of like the story doesn't end but Mm -hmm. rather um begins again somewhere that it started and um yeah i mean i obviously like haven't come up with too much you know i don't i don't know about the characters and of course that sort of specificity is what makes a good character um whether you know he's he's brutal or he's honest and 
and and suddenly has to face um, that music of of you know needing to be uh, brutal and dishonest, and you know suddenly the criminal who is already uh, brutal and dishonest finds himself in a kind of criminal paradise, but at the same time um, lacking some of the freedoms that he experienced um, and some of the like wildness that he experienced um, back in the day when um, this stuff was still uh, uh, somewhat cutting edge. But I do feel like, you know, the 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 uh, cops and robbers story is uh, just a very, very, very old one. And so to your point about like, you know, showing it in the future and then bringing it back to the past again, it absolutely works because this, yeah. this story could be endless. Well, I was going to say too, like, are you imagining this is going down in a way where it's like, it starts off as the 40s and then we're like traveling through each decade or are they just in the 40s and then suddenly in the present day and we're skipping everything in between? Um, I like to skip, I'd like to skip everything in between. Um, yeah, I was going to say skip. Yeah, sake of like expediency um, and also sort of keep in line with the uh, long goodbye idea which is that he just like wakes up one day and it's the year 1970 something um and like you know suddenly he just has to like be there trying to keep his cool um and i i think you know if you went to sleep in the 40s or you know you started running in the 40s like nowhere and you kept on running after somebody it's like void and somehow when you got to the other side of this wormhole um it was uh 2022 you'd certainly be in for the shock of your life it would be cool also if like um these characters themselves were like uh confused about which year it is like they're like traveling and then they lose track of like where they are in time and then it becomes like Definitely. psychological for them. I could see like, I could see that being cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's like the, the it's sort of built into the detective character mm. is that he's um, so such like a, a dog detective that he um, loses track of everything yeah, yeah. in pursuit of uh, getting his man. And um, that time itself seems to be what gets elided in the process and somehow he wakes up in the present day and he's Man. still the same but you know what if like what, what if like uh there was even like the <clears throat> like the future self-detective was like leaving clues like in his wake for like his past self to like find them over time in the search do you know what i'm saying like leaving like like if you're like in like 19 like 95 or something and he's still chasing him then and he's like let me like like and because like time in this movie is like a line so and he he like becomes aware of that but then like leaves like some kind of like little note or like something more symbolic of like here's a clue to catch him in the past or something you know what i'm saying um if if you could figure out yeah the kind of mechanism whereby he uh, uh, is able to communicate with the past um, yeah, yeah. in the present. Um, but it's definitely the kind of idea where anything is is on the table. There isn't really a – it's not about, like, the time travel science. Right. 
so something like that could totally work um yeah, yeah. because you know you just sort of heighten the drama to the level where the mechanics of uh the physics that are actually going on aren't as important as you just enjoying that it's a cool story yeah writing school i guess you can really do anything you want within reason for sure i mean you can yeah. always do anything you want um which is great but uh it helps to i don't know i guess when i was like starting um i had more of like a like a do whatever you want in art and like let somebody else understand it mindset uh, mm -hmm. about stuff that like maybe i would be doing unconsciously or attempting to be doing like consciously um unconsciously and um just being like yeah you know like it it, it doesn't matter um because somebody else can just like decide what it means and um since then i've 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 i think grown out of that which i think is probably a, an impulse of a lot of um younger artists because you're still sort of learning to decipher your own language um yeah. but when you can get to a point where uh the stuff feels like it's coming from a very spontaneous place but through the production of a discipline then that's probably you know one of the heights that you can achieve right is you know to make it feel like it's coming directly out of the unconscious but you have total control over these magical powers of imagination are you always um writing movies or is it sometimes like are you ever writing like trying to write a book or like a short story or anything like that um i've done some short stories i've started a short story now that i'm slowly working through um which it's cool uh it's a lot harder i find um because of just that where there's less uh, uh, a necessary structure to it. Like, you know, with screenwriting, it's, it's mechanics. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the work is, is very uncreative in a cool way. It's like nuts and bolts and it's principles and it's um, understandings of like the flow of stories and how characters um, are, who are seen in one scene come back later for another scene or don't come back and you know tying up storylines and loose threads and stuff and the short story um especially with the good short stories that i've read they never feel um super deliberately plotted or at least the ones that i like never feel super deliberately plotted and yet they're complex and the characters are really good and uh it's something that i have the least experience doing um mm. so it's it's been a challenge so far but i i like it i was gonna say i, I we we are slightly over the time but maybe like a couple more minutes i just wanted to ask you sure. something but i'm forgetting what it is now um uh, oh yeah like did you did you do something else before you were writing or have you always like been writing um, I mean, I've always been a writer to some degree um, by like, you know, fifth grade, they had to ask me to stop being the narrator of all of the school plays um, so that they could give another kid a shot because um, that was like the thing that I wanted to do and still really is. Um, but I worked um, as a, uh, a journalist at... Um, and and I was like a host and I was a, a editor and um, did that for like 
seven years and have worked in, you know, video editing and, and in being a camera person and mm. it's all been uh, pretty creative work, um, which I'm very grateful um, for. Um, and, but uh, yeah, there was a, there was a pretty long period, um, probably 20, uh, 11 to maybe 2018 that I wasn't doing um, like fiction writing or screenwriting. Um, and I realized that that was probably why I felt really weird and stifled at the time. Right. Did you like go to journalism school or like, what'd you no, do? No, no, I, I, I was at, I was at vice, um, which is okay. sort of a different kind of journalism. <laughs> right. Uh, no journalism <laughs> experience required. Was it like, um, was it like awful working there or was it kind of chill? I got its ups and downs. I mean, there was, um, you know, uh, difficulty with uh, the way that the company itself was set up more than any issues with any of the people. In fact, um, I love and, you know, still talk to and still even work with a lot of people that I met there, which was really cool. And uh, one great thing was that, you know, they would give uh, sort of unheard of opportunities to very young, often very unqualified people like myself, where, you know, I was still in college um, and hosting like a three-part documentary series on water rights in mm. um, the United States. And, and you know, I was not uh, 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 Like you started out as an intern or something? Yeah, I started out as an intern and by like the next year was like doing real uh, journalist Doc- yeah, stuff. Yeah. Or like as real enough as I could... Um, sort of LARP it. Um, and that was totally cool and fun. And I think the, the, a lot of the work that got done was cool. And another thing is that like, yeah, there's just so many things that you can do at a place like that, which is, um, exciting if you want to, or if you're in a place, especially like I was where you're like, not exactly sure what it is you should be doing and want to just like get a lot of hands-on experience doing a lot of different stuff. I'm thinking about like a free movie idea where uh, like a 20 year old guy gets a internship at Vice and it's like 2009 and that's kind of the premise. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, um, that would probably be an even wilder time um, than when I started. There's somebody who wrote, um, I think there's like one or two uh, screenplays about, um, you know, what, vice was like when it was getting started and the problem is that they're written from the outside you know they're written from the perspective of somebody who uh, didn't actually work there but um, i will say in one of them or in at least one of them there's a character whose name is emerson not related to me but um i was still like huh they must have seen something (laughs) that that i worked on like grab the name um and uh Ultimately, yeah, I definitely think it would be like a, a really great thing to uh, uh, see. But it's also a bit of like a, a, a niche thing because, um, you know, yeah, I don't pro- know how many people outside of like like city dwelling scum like us are yeah. Uh, care that much i was gonna say like um yeah i was gonna say like the idea of a vice intern like means something to me and like i know people that 
everyone I know knows people that did that. But then it's like if I go That's talk right. to like my brother or sister, they're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Exactly. And so, that's yeah. where, you know, uh, it doesn't it doesn't quite justify the um, expense unless you could somehow uh, yeah. make the experience feel, you know, sort of like the universal experience of a young person, which I mean, a lot of pe- young people do know about it. But it's a question of like whether or not they care about it. And um, that's what's ultimately going to get somebody to uh, go to a movie theater for some type of a realistic story about you know yeah and rock and i was kind of just imagining like uh like the same idea but it's like uh working at american apparel at the same time and then it's like suddenly this is like a really not good youtube video that someone made <laughs> rather than well, a full yeah, I mean, movie. <laughs> at least they didn't you know spend too much money or hopefully didn't spend too much money um making it but um I do really want something good to come out that explores a certain sect of then subculture during the early aughts like that. Cause you know, I, I, it was when I was like looking up to people and you know, why I wanted to come to New York and why I wanted to work at Vice and, and, you know, try and hang out with Karen O and, and the strokes and, and wear skinny jeans um, and ironic graphic t-shirts and just be like some totally cool uh, uh, non-plussed hipster, um, which I still do think looks really cool. And sort of with the revival of indie sleaze or whatever they're calling it on the web, right? Like the interest is there. Um, yeah. But I think finding the sort of right story um, to get into where all that stuff can be like a really fun um, and authentic backdrop um, to a, a, a really good story seems really exciting versus like a story that is specifically about that stuff, which is where I'm like, yeah, eh. yeah. at the end of the day, you know, young people have been getting fucked up since forever yeah and you know dressing really stupid while doing it um and that's a tale as old as time yeah it would not be easy to pull off like a good movie about this i can't even think of can you think of like a some like something that's like actually specifically tried to tackle what we're talking about I mean, there's there's uh, uh, there's a new thing that's coming out right now, um, being worked on. Uh, it's an Apple TV series um, called uh, City on Fire, which um, is like a a detective crime drama um, set in uh, New York City in 2003, um, okay. and you know they're trying to do something with that. Um, and then there's like um, you know if you want to look back and and look at like stuff that sort of set the aesthetic, right. There's skins and uh, uh, some, you know, reality style shows, including like the joke reality show that vice made called like Dalston superstars or something like that. Oh yeah. I even really want to look at like aesthetics, right. You could point to something like um, 500 days of summer uh, or, um, garden state or uh 
Oh, yes. What was I just thinking of? Uh, even Scott Pilgrim, which that stuff sort of, I think, transitioned a lot of the looks into the mainstream, along with, like, you know, the Taylor Swift, like, putting Converse on under a pantsuit and being like, I'm a hipster now. And everybody's like, yes, that is exactly it. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't think anybody was wrong <laughs> about right. that uh, uh, to a certain degree. And if you look back through the photos, uh, everybody's sort of on camera being documented as such. But I don't know that there's um, anything notable that is um, specifically about that era. But watch, you know, somebody's going to listen to the podcast and be like, oh, what about this movie? It's so obvious. And then I'll be like, you know, I'll eat my hat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they should just try to do a Skins revival that takes place in like 2010. Anyway, I that, that wouldn't be like good, probably. <laughs> they'll probably do that. Yeah, that's like, I could imagine that happening any minute. Um, um, I mean, let me skins revival. Um, How? What year are you born in? If I may 2000. ask, two thousand. Sorry, two thousand. <laughs> um, no, nineteen ninety two. Oh, same as me. Yeah. So you know, Sweet. probably same frame of reference. What's um, your skins? What yeah, day is your birthday? Is, what day is your birthday? January twentieth. Okay. It's not the right. same day as mine. Uh, mine is May 29th. I just thought it'd be really, okay. it'd be really crazy if it was the same day. We had the same birthday, totally. Like the same year, that would be crazy. And the same, down to the same exact minute, and then it turns out we're the same dude. And we're locked in an endless struggle of light versus dark, where it's become indistinguishable, you know, who the good guy or the bad guy is, as we've been after each other since the 40s. You know, it, it all comes back to this endless cycle, man. Over the past two months, it's been kind of a wild ride. I recently was the featured singer on the new Macklemore single, Next Year. It came out recently. <laughs>